Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 481, and yeah, I still have my smooth jazz voice going because I've been a little under the weather, but I'm feeling so much better. See what I did there? He's Ron. I'm Don. Yeah, we are live from the Schwab Studios, and Ron right now. The toy drive is going on. Thanks yeah, to the Schwab. The toy drive is going on. If you have not been as impacted by this uh, year as much as your neighbors possibly have, uh, the toy drive is happening at Les Schwab. We encourage you to take an unwrapped brand new toy, or you can donate in person or donate online so that no child uh, goes without this year. D- despite whatever faith you practice or whatever situation you're in, uh, this is for the kids. Yeah. Hey, coming up. Oh, wow. Coming up. Coming up. Oh, no. <clears throat> Coming up on the Ron and Dawn show, I'm going to grab some tea, and then after that, I'm going to tell you about a fire uh, that just happened in one of my properties, and you're not going to believe who showed up. A great, I had a great... <laughs> you're not going to believe who showed up. Also, coming up on the Ron and Don show, uh, Mitch.loans is stopping by, I guess, right? Yeah, there's a... Uh, in fact, the interest the Fed met today... And uh, how's it going to impact interest rates? Uh, is infl- are we in a recession? Is uh, the interest rate going to continue to climb? Like, what are and how is the market responding to this now that it's been going on and on and on? Uh, and so we're going to talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Also, uh, we want to make sure we talk more about the Leshrop Toy Drive coming up here before we get out of here because a lot of you guys are looking to give, and sometimes it's hard. You don't know how, right? Uh, it's like. Being a billionaire, you have a billion dollars you want to give away, but it's hard because if you give it to the wrong people like Oprah did, then you end up on the news and they're like, oh, look what Oprah supported and what's happening in her school. And then it makes you shy to give. You don't have to worry about that with Les Schwab and the toy drive because it's been going on for decades and we're going to tell you about it here in a minute where you could be a part of something bigger than yourself. Before we get to the fire story though that I promised to tell in episode 480, I'm gonna, I'm gonna as long as I have my voice here in a moment, we're gonna do it for 481. Ron, I wanted to do a kind of a in, in news talk, you guys, we would call this a whip. Like we come out the top five. Remember we do the top five at five, we give it the top five stories, sometimes in five minutes, sometimes in twenty-five minutes, depending on the story. But we would just kind of whip from story to story. So I'm gonna do that right now here uh, with the NFL real quick. And even if you don't understand the NFL, this isn't really an NFL story as much as it is, uh, I would say, a human rights story. All right. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's talk about the investigation that has just been concluded about Daniel Schneider, John Gruden, uh, and a guy that we used to work for, uh, Mr. Bruce Allen, pretty embarrassed for him. And him and John are best friends. And we all know who Bruce's dad was, right? A very famous coach in the NFL. He used to coach against Lombardi. Anyway, a pretty damning report, Ron. And how will Daniel Snyder hang on to 
the Commanders. And here's a guy that didn't want to change the name from the Redskins to the Commanders. Little did we know there's a lot more going on uh, that he needs to be concerned and worried about. And I will tell people this, working for the Cowboys and Raiders, what Daniel Snyder was doing, he got caught. I would say it happens at the top in most NFL suites with most NFL owners. Uh, Dan Snyder, like there was a, I believe it was a House committee investigated him with the United States government, uh, and and they issued a report that basically said Dan Snyder is toxic. This is the team, the owner. owner. This is the team that's in the District of Columbia, and for the longest time, they have been trying to get a new stadium built uh, to modern NFL standards, and nobody in those three counties because you have dc and then you have your virginia and maryland all come together right there and so many times you know like the a sports stadium might technically be the washington nationals but it might be in the virginia side or might be on the delaware side and so it may not be exactly inside the district so you have to work with all these municipalities uh to get something done like that and these municipalities are like we don't want dan snyder we're not giving him any money. Uh, this guy can take a hike. Um, I'll let you talk to some of the specifics in that document. But if you remember, the document dump that started this all was someone leaked, and many people believe it was Dan Snyder, leaked emails between John Gruden and Bruce Allen that included uh, homophobic remarks, racist remarks, misogynistic remarks in these email threads. And that caused John Gruden to lose his job and Bruce Allen to lose his job. And it deflected attention away at the time from, from uh, Dan Snyder. Yeah, ta- uh, the smoking gun is either page 42 or 47. Daniel Schneider did do that. So they don't think so. They investigated and they said he did that to Gruden uh, on purpose. He want, he wanted to expose Gruden so you would look over here and not over there. Look at the Raiders. Don't look at the don't look at the Commanders. So I, I'm not an expert on this particular team, but uh, I do listen to uh, Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser a lot, who both live and have homes in D.C. and work for the Washington Post for many years. Wilbon is like this. He's gone. He's like the clock is ticking. Is that right? Yeah. He is going to be forced to sell the team. And before we all get sad for Daniel Snyder, the Denver Broncos just sold for over four and a half billion dollars uh, to a member of the Walton family that owns Walmart. And so the the worst thing that's going to happen to him is he makes several billion dollars off of the sale of this team. Like I don't, unless you know something, I don't, I don't think that he's going to get jail time. I don't think there's going to oh. be, there, there might be some lawsuits that he has to settle uh, here and there uh, and some sexual harassment things that he has to pay off. But in terms of, he's going to lose the cachet of being an NFL owner. I, I think he's already lost the prestige that goes along with that. You know, we've been around owners of NFL teams and there's a mystique. You know, when you and I were sitting next to Al Davis and John Matt holding court with each other and there's a mystique when that happens we've been around jerry jones and his entourage when he's parading around the field uh, before a a dallas cowboy game huge mystique uh, around that so we have seen that i think daniel snyder already lost the mystique and he lost the prestige i think the he's on the downslope now and the the skids have been greased for him to be out of the league I, i wish that the nfl would step up and do what they did in the NBA 
You had an NBA situation twice now. Uh, you had the the L.A. Clippers, where you had that owner Donald Sterling on tape yeah. making racist statements, and they forced the sale of that team. And Steve Ballmer uh, jumped in and bought racist that team. Statements to his black girlfriend, which correct? Is really incredible. <laughs> uh, and then you just had the Phoenix Suns coach, yeah. uh, who had all sorts of 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 uh, stuff going on there. No. He was forced out of the league. And then you also had the Celtics coach who had some improprieties where the league stepped in and was like, no, you cannot go coach the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Black coach, though. Isn't that interesting? They it ste- is. They stepped in on, they, they stepped in on African-American. And, and so the, the NBA will step in and go, no, not on my watch. This is not happening. The NFL is very different in an in a, in a old boys club. And it reminds me of the story that, that happened here recently of this photo that was unearthed of Jerry Jones, owner of the Cowboys, literally blocking in, in 1957, I believe, on the steps of his high school, blocking black students from entering the school. And there's a huge story. It's a fascinating read if you go read that. Uh, and then they link it to he's never hired a black head coach. And they have a whole I'll, – I'll let the reporting of Sally Jenkins speak for itself in that story. It's a very long read, but worth the read. And you have a guy like LeBron James come out and go, how come you guys don't ask me about this? You'll ask me about Kanye. You ask me about Kyrie Irving. Now we have a white owner, uh, and, and he's like, and you know I grew up a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, you've asked me about Dallas Cowboys things in the past. Now you have an owner uh, on the steps of his high school. Why haven't you asked me about this? And Jerry spun it beautifully because when I asked him about it, he just talked about how much he loved LeBron. Right. <laughs> so uh, I think that Daniel Snyder is on the way out. Um, I hope that he's on the way out. I think he deserves to be on the way out. Um, I don't know. I need to, I need to read the finer points of the report. Well, think about what Daniel Snyder tried to do. Uh, and we saw the Walmart family just do this in Denver. They went out and they found a minority as a minority owner. That's what Daniel Snyder tried to do. He picked up the phone. He called Jay-Z. He's like, Hey man, I know you've wanted to own an NFL team for a long time. Want to be a minority owner? And Jay-Z like, no, I'm not coming there and standing next to you legitimizing. Uh, and, and I'm not saying Jay-Z said this, but I think if you read between the lines and Jay-Z, Jay-Z is like, I'm a billionaire. I know billionaires. We can, we can buy that team. We don't need your money. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come stand next to you and heal it. And as long as there's not a big black superstar that is willing to go stand next to him and heal it, uh, there's no way that that stadium can be built. And just so people know, like like when Ron and I worked in the NFL, almost all the stadiums out there were mixed shared-use stadiums. Uh, you look at the Kingdom. You got the Seahawks in there, but you also had the, the Mariners in there, and it wasn't really a and great you had the truck drive and the and the guns and roses yeah, concert yeah, and it ends up not being a great venue for anyone the only place where you still have that is in oakland where the a's are playing where the raiders play and ron and i used to broadcast from that field and now the raiders are in los angeles are in las that's vegas my point. that's my point right. the mixed use field is still there that was the last and that's why the raiders left because they're like we need our own field we don't want to keep sharing with the oakland a's who can only bring two to 3,000 people out every night to watch them play baseball. Anyway, it's, it cracks me up because you'll sit in the stadium, there's 2,000 people there, and then they'll announce the figures, and they're like, 18,544 people are here tonight. And I'm like, huh, interesting. Nonetheless, what's happening 
in Washington, D.C. right now. They need a new stadium. The reason RG3 is on TV and still not playing football is because he got hurt in that old stadium, that old rickety stadium. It has to be changed. The playing surface has to be changed. Uh, And ownership needs to start changing. 32 owners, let's call them founders. Owners? Founders? I like founders better. Even chairman or something. Something. CEO. Yeah. And let's not just have owners that are black and brown and women. Let's not. They're literally minority owners. How about some majority owners that don't like look like me and Ron? We will see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, this is pretty cool. You know, when it comes to toys and it comes to kids, uh, I don't know if there's another corporation out there in Western Washington that cares like Lesh Schwab does. In fact, we just had the food drive, Ron, for Thanksgiving, and now here comes the toy drive just in time for the holidays that we all may celebrate a little differently. But at the end of the day, it is all about the kids, isn't it? Yeah, inflation is high. The economy is rough for a lot of folks. And these kids, by no fault of their own, uh, might be in a situation where there's not a ton of money for toys. So what we'd encourage you to do, stop by your local Les Schwab uh, Tire Center right now in all of Western Washington and participate in the toy drive. You can do it one of two ways. One, you can bring a brand new unwrapped toy to Les Schwab, or uh, you can just give them some cash money you can come up you don't have to get out of your car roll down your window give them some cash they use that buying power uh, to buy the toys for the the genders and the ages that are in the most need so toy drive is on right now if uh, you have not been impacted by this uh, economy as much as your neighbor uh, we encourage you to give an unwrapped new toy or cash at your local Les Schwab tire center is another reason why Les Schwab has been doing the right thing since 1951 52. 52. <laughs> Laura Miller's one of the leading commercial real estate brokers around the sound. You see her name everywhere. But when she needed to sell her own home in West Seattle, she turned to Ron and Don. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. As someone who regularly handles multi-million dollar deals, Laura has high standards and expectations, and she says the guys exceeded them. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market, what are you doing today, <laughs> to um, you know move the sale forward. And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course, and they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> In no time, they got a deal done. Laura got even more than she hoped for. And she says she couldn't be more impressed with their service, attention to detail, and results. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. (laughs) I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. did really well. They're awesome. They are just people you want to hang out with. (laughs) And if you're ready to get more for your door and work with some pretty awesome guys as well, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey guys, welcome back to episode 481. We'll talk to Mitch uh, from Mitch Not Loans here in a moment. 
kind of about what's happening right now uh, in real estate because I think we're all interested in that. And whether you're trying to rent a house or a home right now, or they say 25% of us at any given time in America are thinking about moving. How about that? 25%. Uh, it doesn't matter what's happening in the economy. People live, they die, they pass away, they have state sales. Real estate still has to be bought and sold no matter what the economy is. So uh, we're going to talk to him in a moment just to kind of see where he thinks we are at and uh, what it's going to look like, too, as we head towards 2023. Wouldn't it be interesting if you're listening to this in 2024 and 2023 already happened? That's hmm. what's amazing about podcasts. Yeah, right? it's right? possible. Yeah. Anyway, hey, I uh, got a call the other day. I own a, uh, a property with a partner of mine on Queen Anne, and we have a cottage in the back of this property, and this cottage is due for a little bit of demolition, and also we're going to rebuild this cottage. This cottage was built in 1906, and it's very small. It's only 560 square feet. In fact, the main house out front it used to be farming land, and the main house out front used to be over on 2nd Street. They moved it over to 3rd Street. They, I, I looked this up, and, and I did a lot of studying about how, how homes were moved around, uh, especially up on Queen Anne Hill. It's incredible. As they got more populated here, they did some farming. I live on the West Slope, where my primary home is. All the homes that are around here are old fish sacks fish shacks and i remember an interior designer friend of mine one day took me up the hill and she said hey let's go drive up here we stopped we saw this old amazing four corner house she said she said you know what that is i said no she goes that's where the commander of the fishing fleet lived uh she had done some research on it because she was just as fascinated as i was and right down the hill for me seven homes down is where all the deadliest catch boats are uh it's all the where the big all the warehouses are uh, where they hold all the nets, all the uh, all the crab pots, everything. It just goes on for miles and miles. And in fact, that's where my friend uh, Captain Keith, we collaborated near a number of years ago together. Uh, that's where the wizard is. So on this side of the hill, lots of fish sack, shacks up there, 1906, right? Uh, lots of farming. And then what happened in this particular home, it didn't have electricity. Electricity was added, right? And they used something called knob and tube. And with the old knob and tube, it doesn't have a ground. And over time, you get about 100 years down the road on knob and tube. In the encasement of the knob and tube, it turns to cardboard. And what the danger is in a lot of attics and where we see a lot of fires is that knob and tube can heat up and can warm up and some of that old insulation up there that maybe the knob and tube was sitting on it can either ignite smolder or dissipate and now the knob and tube is actually sitting on that old growth lumber up there and that's one of the reasons why a house fire can smolder and then boom it can take that house down so anyway we had an issue and a neighbor was kind enough uh, to call me up on Queen Anne. And he said, hey, there is some smoke right now that is billowing out of your cottage in the back alley. And I really appreciated his call because uh, he's actually my realtor that, that helped uh, find this particular house when we bought this house. So I picked up the phone. I called Seattle Fire. And they told me when you – it's interesting when you call 911 – because you, 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 you call an operator, and then the operator coaches you and says, hey, 
I'm going to get Seattle Fire on the line. First thing you, you tell Seattle Fire is the address. Don't say anything else but the address. As the, we're typing in the address, I'm going to ask you for more information. And as I'm getting more information, the truck is already going to be on the way. They're going to, they're, they're, they're going to be heading out, and we'll add that information in. And I thought that's kind of interesting because a lot of times when you're really nervous and something's happening, there's an emergency, you start giving all this information, except the most important thing, this is the address where all this is, is, is happening at. Does this make sense so far? Yeah, so far so good. Yeah, so anyway, I give the address. And then I'm talking to uh, the operator. The uh, operator starts asking more questions. I start, uh, start sharing uh, more information. Are you thinking about Rampart in the back of your brain? Like, totally. This, this is, is Squad 51, Gage and DeSoto, right? They're on the way. And I'm wondering, is Engine 20 coming? Or are the guys going to show up from Ladder 6, Engine 8 at the top of the hill? Who's going to be there? I don't know. So I give this information, and and then it's kind of like 1972 Gage and DeSoto. It's kind of like I'm on a call too, right? I'm it's sure like, you it's, jumped in your it's car. Kind of like I, I got I, I I got to tell you, I took an extra moment to pick out some boots that kind of look like fire boots. Just going to be honest with you. And then was there uh, a party that was a little excited about this? It it, it was a I. What's interesting about me, when something is happening, uh, the, that there's a crisis, I'm down where I am right now. This, this, is, this is my crisis mode. And I don't know why that is, but I don't get, uh, I turn into, what can I do? How can we fix? What do we know? Maybe it's from all our years of doing, how do you do with that? Maybe it's from all our years, because we've seen a lot of crisis through news talk radio. When it's your own blood or someone that you love and care about, it is different right? It's different. And my concern was getting up there, this thing being fully engulfed. It's right next to a cottage of a neighbor. Uh, in fact, there's two cottages on both sides. So I became very concerned uh, 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 for the for the neighbors up there as well. But do you, I mean, how, you, how, do you do, how do you do in, in, crisis? in crisis like this? I, I'm, people always tell me, it's like, wow, you're really calm. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why that is either. But like when I've had flooding and different things happen, you are, you are I'm calm. just very calm and pragmatic. And then later, uh, I talked to my therapist and <laughs> figure out that I'm probably dealt with a lot of trauma. Yeah. That, that, Cause you're like, I can't process this right now. All I can, all I can do is, is respond with the information I have. So anyways, I, I, I jumped in my rig, you know, me, man, if I had a fire helmet, I'd have it on. Cause I just, I have such great appreciation for the fire. If you service. had a siren in light, you would turn it on. I would. Yeah, totally. So, so anyway, I get up there, they're already there and I, and I only live four miles from the property. Not they, that far, I bet. They are there, and they are inside the unit, and they are going to work. Uh, and Alex came out. <laughs> First of all, I have to tell you, before I hung up with the operator, uh, the operator was amazing. I knew that the operator knew us. I knew that she knew you and I. And and before, she, she I could tell she did. And before I, I got off, I just said, hey, I want you to let you know uh, Seattle Fire and the dispatch team there. You guys effing kick ass, I think is what I said. It's on the 911 call. When I get up there, Alex jumps out of the truck. There is smoke billowing from the cottage. Nobody's in there. There's no pay. There's nothing. The, 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 we don't know. There, I don't, there's no flame, just lots of smoke. And is there he, like a tanker there? Because I don't think there's a fire hydrant. Oh, ladder, ladder. In the ladder, back of the alley. Ladder six, engine eight. 
they're there. Because you got a tanker. I got a, I got a hook and ladder. Wow. Yeah. I got the hook and ladder and I got, there's no tanker. I got the, I got the hook and ladder and I got the engine. So they're running a hose from the other side of the block. Yeah. So, so they get there and, and I have to, first and foremost, a couple of things about sale firefighters. Damn, are they good looking? And and I'm not a gay man, but if I was, if you're a gay man out there, why do you think they make the firefighter calendar every year? The, every single one of these guys could be on every one of them, Ron. Every and they I'm talking, are. I'm talking probies there in their 20s, and I know a little bit about this because my dad was a firefighter. All the way up to some of the guys I was interacting with, the lieutenants there that were 47 into their 50s. These guys were jacked. They looked amazing. They were super calm, super calm. Alex comes over and he goes, are you Ron or Don? I go, <laughs> I go I'm Don. He goes, cool. Let Ron know I said hi. Anyway. Uh, What's he goes, up, Alex? He goes, miss you guys on the radio, but I love the podcast. Uh, he goes, come by and see me at, at the firehouse anywhere. And uh, he goes, we'll cook up some chow for for you, Gunner and Charlie. So so Alex, thank you. He was really great. Um, so So they get in there. The second thing is this, they, they have demo tools that I've never seen. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? My house is on fire, but I'm really uh, marveling. The fire axe. Yeah. They have, they have this badass axe and then they, and you know, I do a lot of my own demo. They have these chainsaws that I've never seen. And then they have these bars that they use. In fact, I have to go online and see if I can find them, uh, for getting to the knob and tube. Uh, and, and, and then they went in there and you've seen me do demo before, right? Yeah. I've done demo with you. I do. I do it like a football player. I throw my back out. I get wounded. I look ridiculously dirty. Face full of insulation. I'm bloody. I'm it's, it's those guys go in there and I mean, they just started taking the roof out of the cottage and sure, sure. There was a fire up in the, in the roof line of the cottage so they're in and they just come out and he just he explains what they're doing just like a doctor would at the emergency room and just says hey don this is what's going on this is what we're doing uh this is what's happening this is about what we think the time is going to be so we went through the whole process and then this is really important to listen to you guys and and i'm going to make sure that we that ron and i really talk about this more in our real estate business because the number one call that these guys have on the Hill is for heroin overdoses and for knob and tube. And they say what happens is, especially in a lot of these addicts, it's exactly what I explained to you about the knob and tube, but it can sit there for like a day and just kind of smolder, right? And then as it begins to smolder, if it gets any oxygen at all, any oxygen at all, and that could even be from a fan or something that you turn on, Boom, that could be an inferno in an old 1906 house. You think of the smoke and everything else involved. If you buy a home, there's lots of homes here where they say they have fixed the knob and tube. Uh, this is a home where when we bought this home, I talked to the former uh, homeowner, and he said they had fixed the knob and tube. When the fire was done, and it, we were there for hours when the fire was done and it didn't, it, it and, and it, they were able to keep the fire in the, in the, in the bathroom. There was a bathroom that was attached along with, uh, when they added the knob and tube, the electricity to it. 
And we were able to keep the fire in the bathroom and the kitchen, but they had to tear out the ceilings and do some other things. They brought me the, uh, the CGI switch, and then they also brought me uh, – they showed me the knob and tube that had caught fire and started the fire. And then they showed me all the DIY electrical work that somebody did. And without getting into it, um, there were no junction boxes. All the switches that were placed on the wall that were there to pass an inspection, some of that stuff was just dummy switches behind it. And then somebody had gone in with the knob and tube, uh, and I have it out in my truck, and they had taken everything and just taped it together uh, with old electrical tape. And so when the switch was supposed to hit in the bathroom because it was overloaded, uh, it didn't do that uh, because it, it had been rigged, uh, it seems like, to not to. And so that's how. So, so when you buy a home, and this is from, this is from the Seattle Fire Department, Make sure, even if it's been inspected, that all the knob and tube has been corrected. It doesn't mean that the knob and tube has to be all pulled out, but it does have to be disconnected. They have to run new home runs, typically with a new panel with new wiring. Uh, and it can be rather expensive to do it, and people don't want to do it. But this could, if this would have happened in the middle of the night and neighbors didn't see billowing smoke, this could have had a very different outcome, not only burning down that building, but the buildings around it. And the Seattle Fire Department told me to tell all you guys, including Alex, if, if you have knob and tube in your house, you need to have it inspected. You need to have an electrician come out and you need to come up with some kind of plan to dismantle uh, all the knob and two. I'm glad, A, I'm glad no one was hurt. Yes. Uh, and I'm glad that it didn't turn into a bigger fire because that is in close proximity to other wooden structures. And, I, and I, sh I sent you just one picture of inside the bathroom from the outside when the firefighters were in there. It was, it was, it was significant. You yeah. Can, I mean, that's it. scary. Uh, I'm sorry that happened to you. It's been a heck of a month. Uh, for you and for me, so but yes, this is uh, that is word to the wise. Uh, that that is one of the sewers and and elect electrical panels are the things that people don't want to pay attention to. And like, look at this kitchen counter! Oh my god, this yeah. that uh, a clawfoot tub isn't that gorgeous? I love these hardwood floors. It's like the non sexy stuff, yeah. like a broken sewer pipe or a knob and tube. Those are the things that that don and i always pay attention to yeah uh because those are the things that you get a year down the road and it's like oh we had to rip out your clawfoot tub and we had to rip out your uh you know waterfall countertops because there was bad wiring behind that wall yeah yeah so anyway our thanks to engine eight ladder 12 alex and all his crews all the male models i'm gonna stop by and i'm gonna drop off some pizzas gunner and i are and then I'm going to try to figure out where they got their amazing crowbars from because I've never seen anything like them. And I want what the Seattle Fire Department has. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, Mitch Loans on the other side of this.
Hey, you guys, I'm sitting here with Mitch Weeks right now, one of the great sponsors of the Ron and Don Show. He is a mortgage broker, and you can find out more about him at Mitch.loans. Hey, a really cool time to be creative when it comes to being a buyer, and there's sellers right now that are stepping up and saying, let me help the buyer by doing something called a buy-down, right? Yeah, they are, and it's one of those things that's beneficial for both sides. Sellers give money up front for the buyers to buy down their rate and save money for the life of the loan. It's a really creative solution, really working for a lot of people. Yeah, there's also something called a 2-1. What's a 2-1? A 2-1 is where you get your rate bought down 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then after that, you're home free in your current rate. But it's great savings up front, and then you have a chance to refi over the next two years. Yeah, good news, good time to be a buyer, good time for sellers to be creative and help that buyer. And Mitch, you can help everyone. Uh, how do people reach out? Go to Mitch.loans, set up a meeting, and let's figure out a creative solution for you. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, go to ronanddonsitdown.com. Sometimes we sit down with people when they're eight days away from selling their home, and sometimes it's 18 months. It just depends on the situation that you're in. And if you're a buyer out there, and here we are during the holidays, if you don't have to sell right now, you don't sell right now. You hold right now until we push into the spring. But if you're a buyer, this is when you buy right now now uh ron anyway very special guest uh in studio to kind of finish off this episode today right yeah mitch weeks joins us from mitch.loan to hear his spots on the podcast all the time so mitch later today the fed's gonna do an announcement interest rates could ping pong around but what most people are interested in is the word recession um can you just talk about from a mortgage lender's perspective when these rates go up and down what is happening because i've noticed sometimes it's doesn't do what you think it's going to do depending on what the market was expecting is that a, the right way to look at it that's correct yeah and no there it is always confusing and um it's a lot more intricate than people would think um you know you hear the fed supposed to raise interest rates. Everyone's expecting them to raise them about a half a point, which is easing on the the three quarters of a point that they've been doing most of this year. Um, at least the last four times they've raised them. You know, the central bank's short-term interest rates have actually gone from zero at the beginning of this year now to 3.75 to 4%. <laughs> That's so a huge increase. It's a huge increase. And, um, but people hear that. And obviously when they were at 0%, mortgage rates weren't 0%. So right. it's not a direct correlation. But as they change... Um, things in the market change. And they've, they've been trying to ease um, inflation in order to avoid a recession. And this is the result. Um, the market reacts and rates are probably going to stay fairly flat. Everyone's kind of priced in the fact that the Fed is going to raise rates. Unless the Fed surprises everyone, I would say rates for mortgages will stay pretty similar. And so the, the big thing, a lot most people aren't buying or selling a house right now. They're worried about, holy cow, I go to the grocery store, I go to the gas station, and stuff goes up. So Janet Yellen was just on 60 Minutes, because she's the first uh, woman to have her name on the U.S. dollar uh, as the Secretary of the Treasury. She went to great pains in that interview. If you didn't see it, it's on YouTube right now. She went to great pains to not say the word recession, but she didn't not not say the word <laughs> recession. So she tried. She kind of tried to thread the needle there and say, we don't think it's technically going to be a recession, but yes, we acknowledge people are hurting right now. 
from your, you pay closer attention to this than we do. Are you hearing the big R word when you guys look out in the mortgage world for 2023? You know, we are hearing it. I would say we're not hearing it as much as we were. The, the inflation numbers in the last CPI were a little better than people expected. And on that, there was a bit of a rally in the mortgage market for at least that day. One of the biggest markets of all biggest boosts of all time. Um, rates went down a full quarter of a percent and people were, you know, happy for a little bit. And if we keep seeing that trend, we're hoping that the Fed can claim they've actually been doing something with these rate hikes. Um, but, you know, the the word is definitely still out there and there there is a chance the, the continued raise in rates can't keep coming. Sorry, go ahead. Ron, no, go ahead, go ahead. no, I was um, just sitting under Ron. Go ahead. Yeah, it can't keep, um, you know, being matched by nothing really changing. Obviously, in our world, we've seen huge changes. Mortgage rates have gone sky high, and there's a very clear lack of housing demand at the moment. That's why we keep saying buy. There's, there's houses out there. But that being said, there's no, there's none of the other changes people are hoping for. Jobs haven't been impacted as much. Wages are still going up, and that cannot go to on indefinitely. Yeah. I, I just want to be in the recession now so we can get it over with. Housing goes in first. It comes out first. I think the word recession doesn't serve us well mm-hmm. because people do remember 2008, 9, and 10. And this is very, very different. If you, if you don't remember that and the word recession didn't help us then either because we were sliding toward a depression. So they came up with the great recession. This doesn't look like this doesn't feel like a great recession. And typically once you head into a normal correction, which, which, which we want, we want a correction in our economy, then it usually takes the housing market about eight months to pull out and get going. And so I think when you look at the yield curve, I, I think the recession is here right now. I think it just depends upon probably the, the, the sector that you're in. But if you're in the real estate sector, yeah, this, 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 this walks and talks like a, like a recession right now. I totally agree. Yeah. And the important thing to remember is that most of these big recessions, put in quotes, that we talk about in the, in the past, besides 2008, they didn't all hit the housing market equally. So as you were saying, we are in the midst of a, a big decline in housing, and I think we're actually near the tail end of it. I think demand is going to go up as rates go down in the spring, and I think that people are going to be ready to buy, and that interest in buying will push housing back up, whether or not people have other aspects of their life that feel more in that recession zone. And so Mitch, I can sense people probably rolling their eyes when they hear you and me and Don say, this is a great time to buy. Cause they're going, of course you're going to say that all three of you are, you know, your livelihoods connected to the real estate market. But I, I really believe that. And the reason why is because fear, um, when there is fear in a marketplace, if you don't have fear, that is your time to, to roll in. Like if you read any biographies about the richest people, Warren Buffett is the one that always people quote. Is like when everybody else is afraid, that's when I come in and, and I make my biggest profits because I'm not afraid. I've been preparing for these moments. So can you speak to a little bit? I, I know it's self-serving to all of us, but really – in the grand scheme of American housing history, this is still not 
even close to the highest interest rates ever. And the opportunity is there when opportunity hasn't been there for the past couple of years. The opportunity is there. And to speak to your point about us all being realtors, people aren't just saying it. You know, my last four pre-approvals in the last week were all realtors getting ready to buy in case they find the right thing. You know, they, they actually believe what they're saying. Um, we all think it's a good time to buy. And that's because buyers have power. And that's a rare thing. And it, or at least it has been in my whole career. You know, in the last six years, it's been hard to buy a house in King County. And now it is not. It's rates aren't they're they're high for the last 20 years. They're not high forever and they're going to go down. You can get in. You can buy a house for under asking price. You can get them to pay for some of your and rates aren't necessarily the rates you're going to get. You know, we've had clients who've used the the sellers to buy down their rate. You can get it down to a 5%, a 4%, wherever you're comfortable with. You can now negotiate to get your rate as part of the deal and it's. It's a great time to buy. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to know, uh, if you are a buyer, if you do the work right now, it takes a couple of weeks to get underwritten and get ready. Once someone like Mitch has your file, let's say you don't buy now and you're going to buy in the month of February or you're going to buy in the month of, of March. It's easier when you already have all that information filed. Because then you just turn around and, and you update the information. Let's say if it's after, or April 15th, for instance, you're going to update it with a new, a new tax return, let's say, right? That's absolutely correct. Yeah, we consider ourselves mortgage advisors. So the more time that people give us to get to know them, and it's even for you guys, right? The more time you go shopping as you get to find what kind of home you like, what kind of home you don't like, what's important to them, we get the same thing financially. What what monthly payment's important? How important is how much you're putting down at the moment? It's all information that we need to help advise you. So the sooner you meet with us, uh, the more helpful we can be and the more we can do our jobs. Yeah. Right, if people want to reach out to you, and I know that you guys have different exciting products for times like this, uh, how can they do that? How can they begin begin the process? And what does it cost to begin the process? It's totally free. So yeah, you go to Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans, not a .com, .anything. Mitch.loans, and you'll get directed to my website. You can set up an appointment straight to my schedule, or you can just find my number and give me a call, and I'm happy to sit down with you, have an introductory meeting. Um, and then the first step is just, even if you don't want to talk yet, take that pre-approval -appro pre application. It's totally free. Um, you can click whether or not you want me to pull your credit yet. Obviously, I can give you more information if you do. But as soon as you fill out that application, I know so much about you financially. We can really work on a good plan for you. And whether it's time for you to buy in two months, six months, two years, we can make a plan for that to happen. Yeah. All right, you guys, Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. And if you want to reach out to us and you want to start kicking some tires, looking at some homes, learning about the correction in the market and the kind of market, uh, the kind of money that you can save. It really depends on the neighborhood, as Ron always says. It depends. Uh, if you're going to buy on Queen Anne right now, you're going to find a deal. But let's not forget, on Queen Anne, the average price of a home before things started to shift was about $1.5 million, very different than the rest of King County. And as Ron said the other day, if you're looking to buy down in Des Moines, so are a lot of other people because many of those price points are under 600000 and we will see multi we will still see multiple offers 
on a nice home down there as well. So. Yeah, but knowledge is power, and that's what I get. There's a lot of fear out there, and like I watched that sixty minutes piece with Janet Yellen. She knows there's a lot of fear out there, and when you live by fear, you make bad decisions. You really do. And so if your life is driven by fear and insecurity, um, I'm hoping that conversations like this give you a little more power to take that fear back and say, I don't need to be afraid because this is a temporary situation. The the for Everyone from the government down to Ron and Don are all working to, to make this correction as smooth as possible. Doesn't mean it's gonna be 100% pain-free, but when you take some of that fear away and say, I'm gonna be all right, I have a plan. I have a plan not only to weather this storm, but to thrive in this storm. And then you can be the one, like, like I constantly was very afraid when I bought my, my rental property in Burien. It was right when we got fired. I was super afraid. I was living in that fear. Now I look back and I go, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I found the wherewithal to weather it because it's gone nothing but gone up. That property's done nothing but is going to be good for me and my future and my security. It was scary though, but I still, I, I, because I had knowledge, I was still able to make the step, still able to, it was scary the whole way through. And I was scared for months and months and months. Uh, but, and I second guessed myself all along the way, but now I'm glad I did it and I'm glad I had the courage to make it through there. So hopefully this knowledge takes away a little bit of the fear and anxiety because we really we're, we're not just saying this this is this is our livelihood this is our life and we really do believe these things yeah hey you guys if you need mitch mitch dot loans if you need us ron and don sit and that's a good place to get signed up for the newsletter reach out to us you can send us a note we read all your notes and uh if you want to write ron directly ron at ron and don.com and i'm don at ronanddon.com. Till next time, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you right here. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.